Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with all of my favorite people tonight, Nikki and Rob. What's going on, guys? No. Feeling fat and sassy, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Nikki, Nikki, when we got on before you, I was like, hey, what's going on, Rob? He's like, so much. I'm like, shut up. Save it for the show. (laughs) Shut up, Rob. I don't want to hear it until I hit record. I actually listen this time. Yeah, don't tell me your great stories until we get on the air. (laughs) I can't wait to hear them, though. Dude. Yeah, just so you know, life's chaotic, but in all the best ways. Well, the do life you, of uh, an affiliate owner. I know, right? I was going to ask, right? Do, yeah. Do you need any coaches? Because I'm an official level one now, so ooh, I know. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I know everything. Send I know me everything. Your resume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what that means. I know everything. <laughs> I know. Well, I will of- say, because of the last time I was on this podcast, it led us to hiring a level three coach oh, and her and her husband moved to Massachusetts from Florida for our gym. Because they oh. heard you opening the gym on the show? And Nikki, they have history with you. What? I'm scared. They <laughs> were members at the gym you were at in Maine. No, stop it. You have CrossFit Bangor people at your gym? Yep salt of the earth and i mean that with like with true 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 heart that's yeah great. oh my god so, you know obviously like when public announcing your opening affiliate on your podcast last time i was on and she heard the episode and obviously I'd like followed joey and i for a while as big fans of you guys and after she listened to the episode she looked at her husband she was like i'm gonna email them yeah. Totally out of the blue. And of course, mine and Joey's first reaction was, who the fuck is this crazy person emailing us to Florida wanting to move to Massachusetts that we've never met for a gym that's not open yet? <laughs> totally and, fair. Um, totally fair. Yeah. And we got on a call and totally vibed. <laughs> and then they were like, all right, like, what do you think the next steps are? We're like, well, the next steps would be like, come up and visit for a weekend. See if you even like Western Massachusetts. Like if you see the space, you know, see how we can all make it work. And they fell in love with the area and they'll be up here full time as of March 1st. I'm dead. Oh my God. Can we can offline about names and who these exact without outing people without exactly who they are. (laughs) That is thick. Oh, God, yeah. see, I forget that like people you guys listen. Do some pretty cool shit. Yeah. Uh, God, that is. I have to say, and I know I've said it on the show before, so I'm sorry if I'm gushing. If you guys have heard this a million times, but the very first gym that I was ever a part of in Maine was so, so, so special. And they're on their sort of like 3.0 or 4.0 version at this point because they've been around for like 12, 13, 14 years. They've like moved locations and whatever. But the owners are the same and the vibe is the same and the community is the same. And I've just, no gym that I've ever seen has produced people that move as well as CrossFit Bangor in, in good old Bangor, Maine. Like they're just, their fundamentals are so on point that they just produce the best type of athlete. And I hope coach now that you get to benefit from it. Yeah. I mean, she's a rock star, you know, cool. and. Um, fortunate enough to have her up here for a few weeks, kind of like getting lay of the land and really just getting acquainted with the members and coaching. And I took her class today and I learned things throughout the class. Right. And I think it also just goes to show, like, obviously like people have their feelings about where CrossFit's at, but at its core, the CrossFit community is still really fucking cool. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that's ever going to go away. And having moments like this help, you know, reinvigorate us and excite us about what we all got into CrossFit for in the first place. For sure. And you don't have to coach every single goddamn class that you're still. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't. I never, I never, ever want to own a gym. But if like just the, the sheer volume that you guys face as owners, especially when you first open up is always just feels very over, seems very overwhelming to me. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm coaching 17 classes a week, plus an extra six hours of open gym. I would yeah. do it. So on top of, you know, being a full-time employee at HWPO and doing all that work as well. So 
Well, and running the business, like running the business yeah, without yeah. coaching 17 hours on top of that, plus six yeah. hours on top of that is a full-time job. Yeah, there's stuff like that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's all been wildly successful. I mean, cool. we are just coming up on the end of month one. We literally opened up January 1st of 2024. Which was a uh, crazy move, by the way. Wild. And yes. we had 40 people through our door on day one. Oh. And we are, so we're ending the month, just over 30 members on track to hopefully have 50 by the end of February. And really just our main goal right now is just building the type of community we want to have in the gym. I tell everybody that walks through the door, our goal as coaches and owners is to want to make you want to be here. You know, that's always like the first thing I tell everybody and so far it's going really well we're having you know we have some pretty high level athletes and we have some people that have never stepped into a gym before yep. and you know that's the most exciting part about being a new gym is really kind of nourishing that community aspect from the start and building it into what you feel has always been missing from the gyms you've always been a part of mm -hmm. i think well, that's something that's really cool about having been in the community for so long is you get that perspective and also doubly for you rob because you've been in the community and you get to build the community that you want based upon the things that you've seen that you've liked and the things you've seen that you haven't liked and as a business owner you get to now be the type of employer that you wish that you always had and i i feel this very strongly about the business that i run and john i know you manage people and so this is like a huge part of how you deal with like relationship buildings and tough situations at work. Like I can't, I can't understand how more people don't get to the, that level. Like given the fact that we've all had such shitty jobs in the past, like yep. I, I'm just so thoroughly impressed when people decide to level up in the professional world and just like be better than the, than the scenarios that they've had previously. It makes me feel like immensely proud. Love so it. that's really cool. You get to do that on every level, Rob. Yay. Yeah. I love it. I, uh... I've been having a lot of conversations with people around culture of CrossFit lately. Mm -hmm. I had one last night with um, just a, a friend had messaged and I was, I had, it was actually on her podcast not that long ago. And she called me and she was saying she's leaving a gym because it's feeling very clicky. You know, uh -huh. so someone just messaged me and said that the other day too. Yeah. And so we were just, you know, we, we spent a, a couple, almost like an hour, hour and a half just chatting about cultures and, and when we had been on, we talked about microcultures within the gym. And so I've been noticing this lately, just in my own experience in the gym, meaning like every member kind of has their own experience and their own viewpoint on what the gym culture is. Now, there is a greater culture in the gym than just what one person sees, but there is a little microculture that can happen amongst mm -hmm. the gym. What what are the early signs for you, Rob, in your gym of like the culture that's building out, people coming in, you know, kind of mixture of people, that sort of thing? I think the we there's some really cool things we put in place from the start to avoid any clickiness because that's something Joey and I have seen at local gyms where we are, and we really don't want to be a part of it. You know, I was a kind of kid in high school that I was in theater and played sports and was in bands and on student council, stuff like that. So like, I kind of hung out with everybody and that's what God, I want. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> as we were going through it, you know, the first and foremost, the thing that really is worked to our advantage is we're in a small space to start. Mm -hmm. Our gym is only 1500 square feet. So it forces okay. people to meet each other. It's right. big enough to where we can have good class sizes but it's close enough where everybody has to share space. You have to meet each other. And then another thing that we do at the beginning of every class is everybody introduces each other. If there's somebody new to the class, like obviously we have our class regulars that we typically see, you know, at our five, six, 15, whatever classes. But if somebody new comes to that class, we make sure everybody introduces himself. And just really, again, making everybody feel like they can come to this gym whenever they want. And a really cool moment for me was one of our members had a pre-existing injury on Friday at her first box jumps in over a year, wow. which was awesome. Unfortunately, kind of flared up the injury from before though, over the weekend, 
She's also like an ER nurse. So like super high stress job, kind of everything working against her. But the coolest moment for me was she still felt, com felt comfortable enough to come to class on Monday to ask for some help on some mobility stuff to make her feel better. And she didn't feel like she was a burden to myself or, you know, my other coaches. And she said she really just wanted to be around people that were working on bettering themselves so she could help herself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this is like, we're, we're 28 days in and this is already cool. It's moment of the gym, right? Like to be able to facilitate a community and a culture like that, where somebody feels safe enough that they want to be in a gym, even though they're injured and can't do the workout because we all know like egos in a gym are a thing. And I tell everybody in our class, like, Hey, you know, like I talk about what the stimulus we're trying to get from a workout is. And we're never going to scale shame, right? Like your 80% is different from this other person's 80%, but I all want it to look the same at the end of the workout. And once people really like get their heads around that and understand like where I'm coming from as a coach in terms of how I'm making these workouts and what I want you to feel by the end of it, besides pain and desperation, <laughs> you know, I, I want everybody to be working towards the same goals. And once they understand that every picture is going to look a little bit different depending on who's drawing is really going to make the biggest difference. So I think like really just having that level of humility and, you know, again, like throwing egos away and having everybody in the gym support each other has been really good for us to kind of just have this really level playing field across the board, regardless of somebody's athletic experience or fitness level. What do you do? And this is a question for both of you, because I'm not an affiliate owner. So I've never really had to have like the tough conversations with members. What do you do if you notice someone or something, really just someone starting to disrupt that? What do you do? How do you approach that situation? So for me, I mean, we're, we're still infants you know, in this, in this gym ownership business. But when talking to all of our new members, I tell everybody, we really only have one rule in the gym and that's don't be an asshole, mm. right? Pretty all encompassing, pretty easy to follow. And I'm also not afraid to call you out if I see it happening. Mm -hmm. I also want to, you know, really make sure our members feel comfortable enough to come to me if they feel like somebody else is being an asshole. And as coordinated as it is, like being at the gym outside of just class times to kind of have those, like that open door policy where people feel like they can hang out after class and talk to me or come in, in between classes and get my attention has, has been really important for us because I feel like just having that level of accessibility to the owner and coaches has been making our members feel really comfortable about expressing you know, some conflicts and some issues that they may have seen. And it's been working really well for us. Fortunately, we haven't had any big issues as of yet. Yeah, we don't have a lot of those issues either. I mean, we're, you know, a little village gym, you know, members have been there for a long time, but the things I've been observing lately that I think apply to this, I think part of the magic of CrossFit is that it, you know, all types can do it, all types of, um, personalities can do it. Meaning some people are like Rob here, really outgoing and can talk to anyone. I'm more of an introverted type of person. Like I don't just go around and introduce myself to strangers. I'm like, it's not my thing, you know? And so I'll actually have entire class. I had one this week, actually, we were redoing 18.1. Mm. I don't know if you, do you remember that workout? It's, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's, was it the uh, rowing the wall balls one? Yeah. No, no, it was rowing oh. and, and hang dumbbell snatches and toes to bar. Oh yeah. Yeah. Rowing in and, and wall balls was 19. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I, I kind of went in cause I wanted to see if I could beat my score from 2018. I did by the oh, way, which great. At. So 53 year old John is much fitter than 48 year old John. But, Take that 48 year old John. But aside from that, like I found myself in a class with a bunch of people I didn't know so well and nobody was talking to me. You know, and so I was just like kind of hanging to myself. But the beauty of CrossFit often is that I got next to a guy who was in similar fitness and we raced the entire time. 
Fun. And it made it made the class fun and enjoyable. And when it was over, we spent a lot of time talking about the areas we were beating each other in, you know, and yeah. it kind of had that commonality. So I think that, you know, CrossFit in itself will often break down some of those barriers. But I think the specific thing that does it is you have to have coaches that control the class. And I think there's two things that they can do that we can really fix this. Number one, I think they do need to be a cheerleader to some degree, meaning yeah. The coach needs to go around at the end of the class and fist bump and high five and thank people for being there and, and, you know, tell them what a good job they did. And, and some people they're going to say, Hey, you looked great right up until this moment, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and give, give some of those coaching moments. I, and I think you need that. Today. Yeah. yeah I, I think it's important. It happened in the class I was in today. Coach came over and, and said to me, Hey, really good job today. Those wall walks look like they hurt. Did they? And she was spot on. Yeah, they were terrible. Yeah. Hey, I yeah. hated them. Everyone. She must've seen it in my face the whole time, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, it told me that it told me two things. Number one, that she was actively engaged in the class and B, she noticed where I struggled. Yeah. And I think that's important. And so I think that's one thing you can do. I think the, the biggest thing you can do if you have someone in a class that's being disruptive or you know, being an asshole. Causing drama. I Causing think drama. Yeah. You have to control the class. Yeah. Much like a teacher and you need to coach people. So this is a big pet peeve of mine in gyms that I've popped in on. And sometimes it's a pet peeve in my own gym. Coaches jobs are not to facilitate. Coaches jobs are to coach. Mm -hmm. And when you have someone that's being disruptive, start coaching them. Because I promise you, you can find something wrong in their movement. If they've got time to be disruptive, they're probably not squatting well or they're, or whatever, you know, and not to, pick, not to pick on them. Yeah, no, but, but it's kind of, you know, it's like, I say this at work often, like if someone's busy enough to be gossiping, they're not busy and hmm. like, you should be giving them something to do. And if yeah. someone at CrossFit is, is not so busy that they have time to worry about what I'm doing, they're not getting better. And so as a coach, you should be involved in that. You don't have to be a jerk to do it, but I do think, you know, working with someone and helping them with their squat depth or positioning or whatever is important. And that'll often stop it. And then, you know, obviously the last thing you can do is, you know, and you hate to have to do it, but sometimes you got to pull people aside and go, Hey, yeah. it's a group experience. People paying a lot of money to do this and we want everyone to be happy, including you, but yep. you're making other people unhappy. So, you know try to be respectful and just I move on. I do feel like as adults, a lot of times, if you're just really frank with people to your point, like you don't have to be a jerk about it, but when you're really frank with people and like Rob said, like, I'm not afraid to call you out on it and like, just, Hey man, this is a situation. Or Hey girl, when you say this, it, you know, I notice that other people don't like it, feel weird, don't want to come hang out with you, whatever it may be. Like, I oftentimes feel like as adults, people, especially people who are willing to make drama are kind of willing to be like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's 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 not fun being like being called out or like being checked on, right? Mm -hmm. Like when somebody checks you on her bullshit, it's kind of like you have that introspective moment of like, oh, what what was I doing here? Yeah. You know, and then most of the time, people reverse how they were acting and there's usually never a conversation to be had again right I, yeah just the one the one-on-one -on -one conversation like the constructive aspect of it the like hey i saw a problem and i came to you i feel like is a really respectful way of <laughs> calling someone up on their bullshit <laughs> well and, and look there's wild degrees of bullshit that sure. we're talking about here so like what i'm describing is a pretty mild they're probably talking during your instruction part and you've got to get them to quit doing it. I'm not talking about sure. like sexual harassment and like some of the crazy. No, 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 me either. You know? I'm just talking about like gym drama or like what leads oh. to clickiness. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the kind of thing that will really start stirring the pot and get people to be like, I don't know if I want to stay here because I don't like the attitude that people have. Or I don't like the way people talk about each other or me, whatever. Right. Yeah. Usually I just go the way of sarcasm if people are talking over me as I'm coaching. <laughs> My gym owner does that too. Right. So I'll be like, hey, my voice can be lighter and I'm way prettier than you. Look at me and listen to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> usually breaks up some awkward tension and then like you draw them right back in. And yeah. both are not lies. So when uh, both are I, incredibly true. Uh -huh. but when I when I trained with the Panchex, mm -hmm. if people would talk during the whiteboard instruction, they'd clap. 
Mm. And the whole and 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 everyone would clap. The entire mm. class would start clapping, and then it'd be dead quiet. It was like a classroom. I like it was a true, that. yeah, it was Ugh. a true class classroom that setting. So, like it's, oh. I love what they're achieving by pettiness. <laughs> that makes my butt tingle. I don't. I don't ever want to be well, clapped at by Scott. Hey, no, nobody clapped. Uh, no, you know, no one talked after that. I promise you, you do it one time. Yeah. You know who would? You know who would always talk, no matter how many claps he got, Matt. Mm, he doesn't listen to this podcast, so it's fine. No. But it's he's the worst. The worst. The worst when I'm coaching, mm. and I'm like, husband, shut the fuck just, up. Just. All, all of it's such an interesting dynamic, and it's partly what I wanted to talk about tonight. You know, yeah. the biggest part of our culture coming up is the open. And, yeah. you know, and there's so many different ways you can run it and so many different impacts it has on a gym. You know, as I was really was curious, Rob, like this would be your guys first open as a gym. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you guys? How are you guys addressing it and going into it? You know, it's 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 been a lot of conversations between Joey and I of like how do we do this the best for our members without making it too much of a thing since we've literally open, only been open for two months right. before this happens? Because like I said, like we have about eight to 10 quarterfinal athletes in the gym already. Right. And that right. takes up based on our membership, almost a third of a our third members. of your membership are <laughs> elite athletes. I'm here for this. <laughs> But we also have a bunch of people who literally don't even know what the CrossFit Open is after I've told them multiple times over the past couple of weeks. But that's another conversation. Fine. Um, they, those people need class. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so we've been like trying to find this balance of, okay, how do we start this as a community event without making it seem like this amazingly terrifying hurdle? that people don't want to get involved in because they see it as competition. So we're looking at like, obviously we have our coaches are taking the judges course for those athletes that want to submit scores to try to continue on in the CrossFit game season. That's great. We're going to support them. For all of our other people who are going to come to class on Fridays, regardless of what the workout is, even though it's going to be the open workout, right? we want to make sure that they're getting kind of the same experience as those elite level athletes. So instead of having somebody, you know, quote unquote, judging them, we're going to partner them up and you're going to get a counter for the day, right? So we're not going to give you no reps. We're going to let you move to your ability, but guess what? You don't have to think you just get to go. And then we'll tell you when to move on to the next one. So it's really more of like a cheerleader support system person that's there to motivate you through the workout as opposed to somebody holding you to a standard that CrossFit is expecting. And I think kind of delineating it that way is going to make it to where you're going to have to meet people you've never met before. Because, yeah, we're going to do the Friday Night Lights thing and come together as a community and cheer each other on and do these workouts together and then, you know, do the potluck afterwards and try to really just be a thing. And then another thing that we're most likely going to be doing is we're going to be doing a coach's heat. So our members are going to get to judge and count for our coaches. So it's really cool because one of the things I truly believe in as a gym owner is all of my coaches should be taking classes on a regular basis and not just the classes that you're normally there for, you know, so my afternoon coaches, I don't want them just coming in the afternoons. Like, Hey, I know it sucks, but wake up one time a week and come to the Friday, right? Like roll out of bed, come to the 615 before work. I want you, I want all of our coaches to meet all of our members. And I think to do like a coach's heat, to see our members watch the coaches throw down in the workouts, it just really brings a level playing field and level of familiarity to like see that, okay, like the coaches are suffering just as much as I am. I guess I can listen to them a little bit more when we're in, when we're in the workouts. So that's really kind of where our focus is, you know? We're still toying around with doing the whole themes thing, like maybe having two teams of competing groups and possibly doing theme nights and point structures and, you know, stuff like that. But we also don't want to go too big to scare people off to where it seems like too much of a commitment since they just joined a brand new gym that it makes them, it seems like a turnoff for them to want to come back. Mm-hmm. So 
we're in this like weird limbo place. We're like, we want to start this event and we want to be able to support our community and give them and give them these events to come to. But we also don't want to go too deep, too deep into, you know, the deep end and scare them off. So, you know, we're, we're doing this balancing act right now of what's too much, what's not enough and where can we tow that line? Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. that. I, I think we do a similar process. And it's always interesting to me how many gyms view it so differently. Like some gyms go into this where it is a hardcore competition and everybody has to sign up, pay your 20 bucks and be on the leaderboard and, and everyone gets a judge and you have crazy number of heats going. I mean, I think we usually approach it similar to what you guys do, which is if you're going to, you're going to sign up, great. You're going to have a judge who's gone through the judges course and you're going to get the hardcore judging, you know? If you're not going to sign up, we still want you to come to Friday Night Lights. We still have an internal competition where we pair up people into twos and their team. Yeah, and the teams are drawn at random, so you don't get to pick your team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And points will be awarded and we'll have potluck and all that fun stuff. And then you have others that don't even want to do that, but they're still going to be there on Friday night. And right. so we, yeah. we don't require them to have a judge. They, you know, they keep their own score, just treat it like a workout and just be part of the crowd and have fun, yeah. you know? And, and, and so for us, I think that's the big thing is like, we try not to over-engineer it or make people feel any sort of way of whether they should or shouldn't compete. We just want people to be part of a community and, mm -hmm. and have a good time with it, you know? And then we do have the added kind of layer of we have the adaptive classes that are actually very competitive and several of these athletes will actually have a pretty good shot at going to the games nice. and so we awesome. we have a kind of a different you know you, you have to be kind of more dedicated to filming and and having the right yeah. judge with them and and because they're doing the adaptive workouts which will be different this year under wheel wad it just there, adds like, is there an adaptive judges course or is it just the same standard is it the same as judges course that's a great question. I don't know this year, or it's to be honest. Question. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm like putting myself in your shoes. I'm like, I don't know if I would know how to judge. Well, Every workout that's released will come with its own standards written out. Yeah. Okay. Like for this division, the standard is this. For this division, yeah. this they'll they'll write all of that. Words, but yeah. Yeah, but Will Watt is doing their stuff this year so i you know i haven't read what it's going to look like yet i just know we have them and it's going to be you know it adds another 30 athletes of which you know we always offered to pay for them to sign up if they they want to cool and so so we'll have you know 10 or 15 of these athletes signed up and i love that you know, it's so they're, cool. they're actually the fun ones to judge for whatever that's worth and to coach because they yeah. uh, unlike other elite athletes they give you no lip whatsoever <laughs> was, matter of fact i i judged uh a young woman last year she was in oh what division was she in intellectual division and she was having to do knee raises if i remember right and she kept she was hanging onto the bar when she'd bring her feet down she'd leave her hands on the bar you know and so in the middle of the workout i'm like hey take your hands to rest your shoulders take your hands down she's like okay and it's like with a big smile on her face just like immediately didn't even question it and then from that point on i started giving her tips and anything i told her she'd just go okay and just do it you know and i'm like god this is awesome i wish everyone were like i wish i were like that <laughs> oh my know? god it's like the opposite of when you judge someone and you're like hey do you want it and they're like shut up I, oh, I, I, I did that on saturday my yeah, the coach yelled at me on Saturday and they go, move faster. And I literally went, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it, took me, it took me years to figure out how to properly coach Matt through an open wad. Years of figuring. And now I, I won't let anyone else, you know, judge him or count for him. Like we have, I have it figured out. I know exactly what he needs and when. And he's right. a great shot of, well, I think, I guess a lot of people have a great shot at quarterfinals this year. Yeah. but he yeah, even if it were just the 10 percent, he would have a really really great shot again in his age group this year That's because dope. he's just been yeah training and he's been doing great he's really milking the time before he stops sleeping completely again you know what i mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean as, he, as he should i don't blame him but it really it took me forever to figure out how to talk to this man during an open wad because it's a different people are just in a different 
mindset if they're trying to be competitive. How do you think I feel coaching our HWPO athletes? Oh my God. You couldn't pay me enough, Rob. That is terrifying. Yeah, exactly. It's not just a workout anymore. Hey, this is a, this is a really important tip for coaches. Any coaches listening gyms, I'm telling you, if you don't teach your coaches to ask the athletes, how do you want to be coached during the open? You are doing it wrong. Like correct. I used, I did three or four opens under the pan checks. And I remember distinctly one year Saxon, it was the year it was wall balls and rowing, by the way. 19, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of low key killed that workout because it's both good movements for me. I did. Like it's, I'm tall. It's a good movement for me. But I remember in one set of the wall balls and it was 19, right? And I had asked Saxon going in, count my reps. Like I I need to hear you, you know? And so he goes, one. Two, three, uh-uh. four, and I had done two reps in that pause, and I stopped, and I'm like, "You have to call no rep." I had failed to tell him to call the no rep, so he was not giving me a number instead of no repping me. He was just not counting the rep, you know. And that's that was the moment I learned you have to tell you have to as the athlete tell your coach exactly what you want, right. and as the coach you need to ask what they want because it's well, there's an important relationship there yeah. of what the athlete needs because in the open, you know I know you should be counting your own reps, but this is the one time you need somebody counting for you. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's super helpful. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's huge help. You know, I think so too. We run the open very similarly to you guys, where like it's chill when it should be chill. It's competitive if you want it to be competitive for you. We do we do the same Friday night lights. And we've we've kind of like swapped. Like some last year we did Friday night as the big potluck. And then the next week it was Saturday morning as the big potluck. And the next week it was Friday night again as the big potluck. And we kind of settled on Fridays this year just because it's easier to run that wad all day long. And if people can't yeah. make outside of hours to hang out there's more of a shot and if you run if you run it at your gym on friday it gives more time for people to come in over the weekend and redo it or come today and redo it if they want to so that's kind of just where we settled today but we do run the intramural comp where like you're divided into teams and you figure out how to and i've talked about it on the podcast before we run a a teaser version of it in november always the year before to kind of like show people what an intramural comp is like we call it the house cup it's harry potter themed everyone gets sorted into a house it's great fun amazing yes and my gym owner knows if he doesn't put it in gryffindor i will i will walk (laughs) if he does not put me in gryffindor year over year over year i won't i'm out i literally won't i won't do it make me a hufflepuff i dare you but he always with the way what i love about it is the way he figures out the point structure rarely has much to do with your fitness level or your score. And so yeah. there's all this stuff you can do to earn points for your team that just helps you be a part of the community or sometimes honestly just helps him. He was like, if you yeah. leave a Google review, you get two points. If you yeah. send Social me a testimonial points. video of of how great you think the gym is, you get points. If you we have buddy day once a month, like a free class once a month. Yeah. If you bring a buddy on buddy day, you get five points. You have any idea? I coached a class of 34 people on Buddy Day. Yeah, huh? Hey. Everybody understood the assignment on Buddy Day and everybody <laughs> wanted points for their team. So I just think it's cool because it's like it's it's figuring out how to get people involved, get people excited in a way that's not overwhelming and not like, yes, if you have the top score in the gym, you do, in fact, earn a point for your team. You do. But yeah. that's not the only way, you know? I love that. Yeah, I'm curious, Rob, because you've got this, you know, your little side hustle of hard work pays off and you're going to you're obviously going to have quite a few athletes. And, you know, I know everyone's going, oh, we know Katrin's doing the open, but you guys got a ton of athletes that that aren't names people recognize that I know you'll just be busy as hell answering emails and, you know, people stressing out about the open. How do you manage that balance between you've got this community of of iron, you know, your gym? where you and Joey are. And then you've got this competitive community that that's the reason they're there. Like, how are you, how do you balance that and like flip the switch from, all right, I'm going to be fun, you know, affiliate owner with the team that I've got to wrap my arms around. And then I got to go coach these maniacs that are just trying to kill themselves. You know, it's, it's funny because like 
weirdly enough, it's easy for me because I feel like it's what I've been doing my entire career in terms of being a professional strongman athlete and then also like a high school athletic trainer. Totally. Like, like oh my God, you're totally right. Treating their injuries, putting them back on the field, talking to them about their, you know, high school major life problems, and then literally having to leave the school to drive to the gym to train to be a professional athlete. So it's really like this, these like two lives I've gone back and forth between my entire career. And now it really is just like bringing both of my passions together kind of under one roof, right? They're just separate ends of the house. It's, you know, like I have the community, which is great. And I want to foster that and build it and nurture it and, you know, make it feel like home. But then like at my core, I'm still a ridiculously competitive athlete. And that also translates over to my coaching. I want to make sure the athletes that I'm coaching do really well in the things that I've had a hand directly in on coaching them. But also understanding, you know, if I'm judging them for these workouts, there is a standard I have to meet and I can't have any bias in their movement just because I'm also their coach. And that's a conversation I have with all of them. You know, it was, it, there was plenty of times last year during quarterfinals where I had to no rep some of our athletes um, because they weren't meeting movement standards. They didn't understand why. And trying to dissociate myself from the relationship we had prior to the workout, you know, it's kind of like, hey, the 17 minutes of this workout, we're not coach and athlete anymore, right? Like we're not we even judge. friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and really just trying to dissociate that relationship is really important because ultimately like it's my job to ensure their success. And in that moment, it means me kind of being a hard ass and holding you to that standard because that's, what's going to give you the, get you the best performance on the back end. So you know, kind of tone those two lines has been really fun for me. It also gives me balance, right? Because I don't always want to live in that high pressure elite athlete coaching scenario because that's stressful. Yeah. But I also want to have a little, you know, oomph in my step and get me excited to kind of get me out of just falling too deep into the more relaxed side community building and fostering that relationship with the gym. So having both is like, it's really comfortable for me. I love that. That's always interesting to me, the balance between coaching elite athlete. And I, I obviously I'm not doing coaching currently, but I watch a lot of coaching and I see that the way the interactions with the elite athletes are, and then those athletes that are brand new and struggling, you know, and I can just imagine running a brand new affiliate where you've got a lot of people don't know what the hell they're doing, you know, and trying to balance that. It's a, it's a delicate thing, you know? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I will say like the one thing I do, like I have to check myself on very often on a daily basis is realizing like my weakness as a coach is teaching people who are very new to a barbell, how to efficiently move a barbell, mm. right? I can look at all of our quarterfinals athletes doing clean complexes and snatches and squats and deadlifts and bench presses and overhead presses and always find something to critique them on and also give them praise on, but to make them better. You know, when you see somebody who's brand new looking like Bambi with a barbell, personally, like I, I get overwhelmed as a coach because I'm like, where do we start? Yep. Right. I'm like, not, not saying that I can't do it. It's just, it's not one of those wheelhouse things for me. And there are a bunch of coaches out there that love working with those. Types, I love that. Right? Yeah. I love that. You see that, that you see the, the light bulb go off when they finally get it, you know, mm -hmm. and that's exciting to them. And, you know, so what I've done really to kind of support myself in the gym in that is hiring coaches who that is the thing that they love. Right. You know, like I have a great amount of experience coaching high level athletes and I'm really comfortable doing that. And to most people that scares the shit out of them. Whereas to me, you know, it's like what they're most comfortable at is doing those foundations courses and getting those people, you know, doing those med ball cleans for the first time and right. teaching those foundational movements and stuff like that. So really just like putting support systems around myself to make sure all of our members are getting the best experience. And that's really like my ego's never up for debate, right? Like I know I'm not the smartest man in the room at all the time. 
And I want to make sure that like our members have those people that they can go to that are going to give them better coaching than I can give them. And I am not too proud to say that. That's, that's great, fun, man. Rounding out your coaching staff is something that's going to make your gym really special and stand out. And something that I think a lot of sometimes owners might not necessarily put a lot of stock into, because sometimes when you're just trying to get a gym off the ground, you just need bodies. And you're like, shit, you want to coach once a week and I'll trade you a bag of protein? Like, please, please <laughs> help me. And it's fine because we're all just trying to, you know, we're all just trying to build this community and, and put as many resources into it as we possibly can. So I totally get where you're coming from, but trying to find your holes and fill them with the right people with the right skill sets. And everyone can do everything. Like you can coach newbies, newbie coaches can coach professionals. It is entirely possible. But having those strengths, I think, is cool because then you get to do things like we do we do coaches development once a month right at my gym and every every time the owner brings something to the table to work on or a new thing that we're all going to read or a new exercise we're all going to do and sometimes the coaches will bring their own too and we'll all bring very very different things to work on as a group because we just approach things completely differently and i think yeah. that's that's part of what makes your gym environment really special yeah, you know, like one of the coaches that we have, her thing is gymnastics and bodyweight movements. I know it's a major surprise, but it's not mine. That's that, so. You're probably, you know, shut up. You're probably actually sneaky good at gymnastics and shit like that. I'm absolutely sure. I can do strict handstand push ups and a few pull ups. That's about it. Um, Rob, Rob, that's like more than 50% of yeah. people. That's already I, I, massive. Yeah. But it's, but what was, another thing that we've started to do is like lean into our coaches excitement. So on Sundays, we do skill set Sundays. So every coach takes a Sunday every month where they do a skill class on something they're passionate about. Cool. Right. So like most of my stuff's going to be barbell stuff, right? It's going to be great and everybody will love it. I love coaching it. One of our coaches wants to do like mobility workouts on Sundays. So that'll be once a month, have the gymnastics classes and really just again, like um, trying to give our members like a bunch of different things to see and treat those days like active recovery, but still a chance for them to all come together. Well, if you ever want a celebrity shot in there, I taught a really rad dance fit class a few months oh, ago. I'm not Joey kidding. Would be down. Dude, so it, it got leaked. Instagram videos and it's like, I want to do these classes. Yeah. Yeah, it got leaked that I used to be like a Les Mills instructor and I used to teach Shabam, which was Les Mills version of Zumba. I, I danced my whole life, so it's like not weird. And we well, like- We're going to put this on the calendar now. Dude, I'm in. So I'm it. totally in. I spent a month choreographing it. It was like half dance cardio, half like squats and lunges and actually stuff we did yep. at the gym. And we took a poll and people were like, hell yeah, I would take that class. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And then people actually showed uh, up and it was so fun. So cool. So I'm, I'm I skill set Sunday dance fit. Sign me up. I'm on. Yeah. I need totally. six weeks after I birth this human and then I should be cleared to go. So we'll put on. Perfect. <laughs> I love, I love seeing diversity in coaches. I was thinking about this this weekend. I was observing a class. I was, I went on Saturday, they were doing an Olympic lifting class and I wasn't going to be a part of it. So I was kind of doing my own thing, but I, whenever I do that, I just like to watch, see what the reaction in the class is, how are they reacting with the coach? What's the coach saying? And this was our head coach, like the best one. So I was really paying attention. And at some point they're doing the snatch or something. And it occurred to me that every time he was describing what was going on, he was using the strictest of medical terms, right? Like this is going to really pull on your hamstring into your anterior or whatever and posterior this. And I turned to some okay. man I'm like, man, when I teach that, I just tell people it's going to make your ass hurt. Yeah. You know, it's like. And it, that's true though. Like, you know, he was just yeah. actually was describing a deadlift and, and I, and it made me laugh because I'm like, they're both right. Yeah. You know, like the way I would describe what he was describing, I could make people understand it in my very stupid way and they would get it and it'd be fine. And he had, he had studied the book and memorized it and knew every, you know, technical term there was. And that's the way he coached. And they're both right. And I think that diversity of explanation and coaching and experience is really important for a gym because 
there are plenty of people that are going to be really comfortable with the way I do it. And a lot of people that also want the technical, you know, down to the letter, uh, definition of how you do things. You You need both and you need coaches who are super serious and you need coaches who are over the top cheerleaders and you need, you need everyone and you need every coach to make someone feel like slightly uncomfortable because of their approach and then and then you meet in the middle like you know like your boundaries expand and you're like oh I didn't know about you but actually you ended up being pretty cool you know you need those moments hey I wanted to change the topic because we were talking off the air but I want to hear more about it Rob and I were Rob's on a beach body diet and I want to hear about it (laughs) tell me everything explain well I I made the crack that I'm still on my prison diet and he said he was too. And so we were talking about what, what, what happened in the world if we both got abs at the same time. So well, you yeah. guys are just eating chicken and rice every day. Basically. I think. Joey, Joey calls us our hot girl summer body. I'm not a big a fan of it as he is. I literally <laughs> two hours ago looked at him and said, I want junk food. Yeah. It's just plain and simple. But I will say, like, I do feel really good. I'm down, like, almost 12 pounds in three weeks. So, like, it's working. Just not keeping You guys are worse. Mickey, it it slows down at my age. This is only working for Rob. No, I know it does. And I know it slows down after the first couple weeks, too. But in general, I'm just going to throw it out there. It's easier for you guys. It just is. I was also just a gross piece of shit over the holidays and it's like join the fucking club Club. you're growing another human you have an excuse i was still being a gross piece of shit like just because i'm growing a human does not mean i need to consume like a dozen cookies in one sitting i unhinged my jaw for christmas cookies this year (laughs) truly i'm still Um, low-key doing it but i will say like i i feel way better doing it now like you know like i'm i'm doing at least three three of our classes a week and man i i hate our head coach who writes these workouts that's it like today for example we had a our clean and jerk complex was two clean deadlifts two power cleans one full squat clean two jerks Ooh, i love that? it i love it it was great it was just nasty though like heart rate was like 165 by the end of the first yeah, by the end of night barbell yeah. car- oh, for sure it was gross but like I was able to go through a workout and like for the first time in I don't know how long was able to like do all the sets of burpees unbroken. So the workout today was twelve nine six three of hang power cleans, wall balls, and bar fist burpees. Oh, I love uh, it. Right. Yeah, it's good. So it was a full sprint workout. And yeah, like it was the first time that like I was able to like, you know, obviously it was terrible. It hurt. But I was able to like move through the burpees without having to suck wind the entire time. So it's nice, like, even though I complain about wanting junk food, like actually eating, not like an asshole is, you know, we're seeing the dividends, you know, come when we're doing some fitness. It's, it's a good feeling to get that kind of reassuring, you know, as you're going through it. Rob, how do you balance that between like when you're competing in strongman and you quite literally need ass to move mass? Like you need, you need to be strong. You need to be fit, but you need to be like heavy enough to leverage the weight that you want to move. It's like a thing. Yeah. For a lot of what we're trying to do right now is just like basic body recomposition. Yeah. You know, and I went into it with the understanding like, yeah, I'm going to lose some weight at the start and I'm okay with that. You know, the, the plan is to try to get down to a certain body weight and then start rebuilding on top of that. But just a little bit cleaner, you know, so making sure we're like my coach likes to say it's labbing on muscle, which is a great term. Wow. Um, yeah. So carving you straight out of the, the brick of marble that you are. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like where we're kind of leaning our focus. So as of right now, you know, doing three classes a week is great for my conditioning. I'm not going to lie. Like I totally cherry pick the workouts based <laughs> on what my actual training is going to look like that week. I don't want to do a workout that has 150 body weight squats the day before I'm back squatting. Right. So like I definitely pick and choose, you know, throughout the week. And I don't recommend that for my members that are just doing CrossFit. 
as their sole purpose of fitness. But for me, I'm just trying to use it as a way to complement what I'm doing in my strongman training at the same time. So it's worked out really well. I'm excited to see how it comes together. I definitely feel better in my strongman training sessions because my recovery is just better in between sets. I'm able to move a little bit quicker through the, through the sessions. Yeah. And I just feel a little bit more productive that way. Cool. That's very cool. Are you guys using CrossFit's nutritional method for your members or do you have a different path or, or nothing? Some gyms do nothing. Do you have a Uh, a process? As of right now, we're not really doing anything. Our new coach that is moving up here from Florida, she's going to kind of handle most of our nutrition stuff. That's uh, one of her passions. It's really not one of mine. So <laughs> we're obviously looking at different avenues of what to do for our members in terms of nutritional support. And it just seemed like a natural thing for, for our new coach to kind of come in and take that yeah. role since she loves doing it. I, I, was, su- I was surprised. And the, the, this is the one thing that caught me off guard in the L1 was how much nutritional advice was in mm-hmm. I was not prepared for that at all. Like I just thought, all right, they're going to teach me to squat better and snatch and <laughs> you know, all the movements. And then there's an entire section. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was really interesting. And I, as I was watching it, you know, I did the online class and it's a kind of a long part of the seminar and I was watching it. And I was like, man, this is, it's a wonderful addition or a wonderful part of the L1. But I think a huge miss by CrossFit that it's not crazy accessible or at a minimum advertised to all the members across our entire affiliate network. You know, I, I know that they have stuff out there, but it never feels like it's on the forefront. And I, I just remember back when I started, you know, a decade ago, that was the biggest miss for me. I went four years before I figured out that the reason I wasn't making the progress I needed to make is because I was eating crap. You know, yeah, and yeah, and I just think it'd be so helpful to new affiliates for you to be able to go, Hey, here's the CrossFit app, here's the nutrition tab. Oh, hit it up, memorize it. This is where you should start, you know. And I know they have that, they have that now, but it's not as laid out as I just made it sound, you know what I mean, or not as easy. I think that people and affiliates and affiliate owners have really big feelings on the type of nutrition methodology that they want to preach. And so yeah. where, whereas we're all really sold on the CrossFit methodology, it's easy for us to be like, this is CrossFit and here's what we're doing. And you can go to my gym or you can go to .com or you can go to HWPO. This is the methodology versus zone is really, really specific. And I like that it's aligned with CrossFit and I like to get your L1. You need to have some sort of nutrition training, but there's plenty of people I think who run sure nutrition programs and affiliates who do or don't like it for lots of reasons or who have their own methodology that they really want to preach. So I, I just feel like people get really, people have big feelings and big opinions when it comes to cool. that type of thing. I, I just think it as an owner, nice to have it. I'll just going to say, it's nice to just have it as a back pocket option though. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's my point. It's just like, it'd be nice as a, if you have a new affiliate and like, you know, Rob and his team, they're trying to hire coaches and, get a routine in place and onboard people like you only have so many hours in the day and I, the thing i like about zone and i'm not a huge fan of zone personally like i don't follow zone i follow zone disc you know like zone light and, yeah well like you know i eat clean you know yeah but but the one thing i do like about it is if you have someone who's coming in and their lifestyle as most you know people at least in the u.s are they live on processed food you know, frozen foods and processed foods. When you take them to zone and all of a sudden they have to start eating chicken and rice and vegetables and, you know, and you pull that process away and put them on whole foods, you get a real quick change in the way your body reacts. And after a couple of weeks, you see results fast, you know, at least in, at least in how you can handle the volume of the workouts. That's the important part to me is that it helps you recover quicker, you know, and I just think it's a, big value add for affiliate owners. And I think it would be a huge value add for athletes that don't know where to start. And then once they get it down, if they want to do something different, whether it's intuitive eating or, yeah, or whatever, you know, count macros or, or whatever, you know, it gives them a good base to start with. Yeah. That's fair. So I don't know. Well, Rob and I are both going to be posting thirst traps in no time soon. Once we're done. I can't wait. I'm going to hit save on all of them. 
I did tell, I did tell John before the call, I was like, I told Joey, like, if I get an ad, even just one, I'm burning all of my shirts. Oh, hell yeah. No need for them anymore. First of all, you could burn your shirts now and the world would rejoice. Let's just throw that out there. But I'm just saying, if you get to a point where you're feeling good, let's like invest in making a Rob Strongman calendar. Totally should. Hell yeah. Because people would pay the money, myself included, and we could fund your next competition. I love Here's that. me and my ab on the beach. Here's me and my ab in the gym. Here's me Listen, and my ab in the bedroom. Let me, let, me, let me tell you this, Rob. If you if you end up getting the abs, don't send a photo to Nikki because she'll accuse you of Photoshop, which is what she did to me. <laughs> I'm going to tell the story. So here's what happened, Rob. This is 100% true. So it was right at the height of the pandemic. I just... I'd gotten a C2 bike that I still have and I stuck at my living room and I was biking every day, like 30 K every day on top of my workouts. I was living, I was at home. I couldn't go to work, like nothing yeah. to do but work out. Yeah. And so I'm literally just eating clean and working my ass off. And I got lean, dude, like Shredded. really lean. Shredded. And, and so one day I was done, I'm all, all sweaty and I snapped a photo and I hadn't shown and even told anyone I was doing this. So I sent it to Nikki. I'm like, hey, check this out. And she texts me back and she's like, that looks great. Did you Photoshop that? And I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. Like, I've been busting my ass for like five months now. Listen, in (laughs) fairness, most of the pictures that John sends me are like, memes or like funny composites he's put yes. together yeah. or shit that like he can't post because for reasons so i thought i i what i was asking is like is this some famous photo like is this like a photo of freaking brad pitt that i just like don't know that you put your face on which is hilarious because you're like a meme guy that's where i was going yeah. with not like this looks so fake mm-hmm. you totally fake <laughs> and then i immediately showed matt you were like, no, I didn't fucking Photoshop it. I was like, Matt, look at John's abs. And he was like, how? How do I get that? I'm like, well, you also unhinge your jaw for cookies. So, you yeah, know, well, that's that. I, I can, yeah, I'm back on that path now and I can tell you how to get them. No one likes it. And I promise you, I don't like it either. It takes a lot of chicken yeah. and rice and you have, you have to be in a calorie deficit for a long period of time. Yeah, do it, right? No, no. That whole feeling um, thing is just never fun. You get used to you get used to timing your food for workouts so you can work through stuff. And you get used to Rob mentioned it, like the body composition thing. You have to you do have to have your macros in a kind of a certain order in order to make things work. You know, so yeah. you gotta be heavy on protein, but you do need and this is why I liked the L one stuff. You have to have enough carbs to support energy, yeah. but but not have fat, you know, like that's how it works, but you have to have fats in the diet too, in order to have the energy. So there's a real balance of getting it right. And when you get it right, to your point, you all of a sudden you're kind of okay with it. Yeah. It it doesn't feel great, but you're okay with it. If that makes sense. I always, I've done a few rounds of RP when I had like some goals that I wanted to hit because there are sort of like aggressive timelines that you can put on those and you really got to stick to it. And if you ever get into like the third cut, man, that's, that's real rough. But I always found, and everybody's unique, right? I always found that where people were sort of like addicted to carbs or carbs were just like the big buzzwords, like, oh, if you just cut carbs, you'll be fine or whatever it may be. I always found that for me, like my body loves fat, loves it. Right. I could eat carbs all day. I could eat bagels. I could eat cereal. I could eat whatever. And my body would be like, yeah, that's fine. We'll lean out and BD. But like, if you, like my body wants half a jar of peanut butter. And if you cut fats out of my diet, that's where I see the biggest results. But it sucks because that's what I like the most. And I didn't end up really giving a shit about carbs where, like I said, it's just like the big buzzword where people were like, oh, I can't live without bread. I'm like, I can, but I can't live without fucking cream cheese. (laughs) But that was like always the first thing to go when I cut my macros. And that was always like the biggest change I would see in my composition is. 
It, it makes you do weird things. Like I, I bought some peanut butter for the house because I, I will, I give myself little treats to get through things. And so I'll, so, so well, you do, you have to have some I tricks, love it. right? I just yeah. love this mentality. Yeah. I just have a little treat. I have a little treat. So I'll, I'll get a, an English muffin and do one sad little tablespoon of peanut butter, right? As one, and it, like, if you ever seen a single tablespoon, yes. it's tiny. It's like, I have pathetic. one per bite. Yeah. And so you, you, you have to smear it on like it's paper thin, you know? And I come in the kitchen the day and the peanut butter's missing. I'm like, God damn it, Mira, where's my Mira. peanut butter? Like going upstairs, face in her bedroom. I'm like, don't take the peanut butter. It's my only treat. Like, don't take it away from me. <laughs> my savior. The yes. very first time, I'll never forget this. The very first time that we ever did, like truly did our pee and counter macros and stuff. It was a learning experience, right? You really learn what you're overeating or what you're under eating yeah. or what your body needs. And and I was I was rarely hungry. I was pissed. Every time I do it, I get pissed off because all I want is the fucking peanut butter. But I'm really yeah. hungry because it's really like, no, girl, you eat as many veg as you want. Truly, fill your ass up. You know what I mean? Like, don't go hungry. That's not what this is about. This is about just the right food. But we were just trying to do it and we were trying to be healthy. So I bought cashew butter for the first time. And Matt literally had to write like a, he drew like a skull face on the lid and wrote like, do not eat because I had no off switch. <laughs> you know how much cashew butter you're allowed when you're like really watching your numbers? Not a tea. No. That's sad. What's sad? <laughs> well, I, I feel that because I know people are going to message, I feel the need to say, I understand none of this is sustainable. None oh, of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys oh, have no. goals. You have short-term goals. Yeah, yeah. And that, like, once I get, I don't, I can't speak for Rob, who sounds like he's just going to go back to junk food. But what I'm going to do when it's done, that, what I plan to do is keep eating this way, but increase the volume. Cool. Like, yeah, grandpa, you know, so keep with the chicken and rice and the steak and potatoes and, you know, the things that I eat, just have more of it, have more of the good foods. And then I think what's important, kind of back to the little treat thing. Is like, you got to find, you, you got to live your life, man. If someone offers you pizza, if you're having a community event at the open and you guys are bringing in pizza, eat the pizza. Yeah. Have the donut. Don't, don't look back and go, man, I wish I'd had fun with everyone else because yeah. you know what? You can get back on it at your very next meal. Mm. Yep. That's it. You know, yeah. it's and just don't overthink it. Yeah. You know? It's good advice. Love that. It's gonna be hot girl summer for me and Rob. I can't wait. That's I love great. that for you guys. I know. I'll and buy then, both of your calendars. Well, and we're, I'm gonna come up there. We're. I told Rob we're coming up, and we'll we'll broadcast from his gym, and yeah. uh, we'll probably have to do it after you have the baby because I want to see the baby anyway. I yeah, I would like both of you to see Perfect. this baby. I'm gonna make a human, yeah. you guys. I'm gonna yeah. make a human. So cool, little John <laughs> Willie Brazier. It's gonna be great. Oh, I. Still need names. Please send names. We have Sean. plans to expand the gym later this summer. So that'll be good. Like once we're kind of in the expansion phase, getting a little bit bigger, a little bit more members, cool. it'll be great to have you guys up to celebrate that a little bit. Oh my God, that would be awesome. I love that. Yeah. Hey, la last thing before we wrap up, do you, Rob, did you get your games tickets? They're sold out, man. It's wild. I feel really privileged in saying I don't have to worry about it. Yes, Ew. that's right. <laughs> that's right that's, that's that's an hwpo issue that's not a rob Kearney issue <laughs> did you get it. tickets are you gonna go and attend yeah i bought like one yeah. one sad lonely ticket all by myself so were you allowed well, to deal? i heard rumors mm -hmm. that you like there were some rows where you couldn't just buy one ticket or something yeah there, there absolutely were some rows where you couldn't do that but i still got i got a uh seat right behind the finish line so cool well we you we can hang out john so you won't be alone I did, I did tell Joey he has to come this year too. So yes, because he hasn't he hasn't been yet. Fine. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about Fort Worth. I you know I, after the last games, I I think I even said it on air. I wasn't sure I was going to go, and then the more I thought about it, I'm like, man, I'm going to go because it's the first time in Fort Worth, and I do love the celebration. And you know what? If it sucks in Fort Worth, then I won't go again. But I don't yeah. want to yeah. miss Fort Worth and it be awesome, and then I'm dope. Yeah. You know, then I'll be pissed. So I'm going. It'll be fun. Yay. Well, I That'd keep all my fingers and toes crossed that I see you guys there. 
You'll be you there. I hope so. Be fun. It'd be yeah. really fun. I would, and we already said like we're gonna bring like a babysitter with us to be extra hands for Matt. Yep. If if we get asked, so we're totally down. Just me and my four month old. There you go. Oh, and my and my three year old because Hunter yeah, always yeah. has his birthday at the games. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the games the games kicks off on my birthday this year. Oh, hey, what? Oh, because it's the it's the next weekend. Yeah, yeah. August eighth. Is the day it's right. Yep. That's right. So we'll Yay. have a little party. It's gonna be a good time. Love we'll that. We'll do you and Hunter joint birthday. Perfect. Love it. All right. All right. Well, I have a 4 a.m. wake up calling my name. I was, I was about to say it's it's past my bedtime too. I appreciate you coming on late. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good luck with that. I'll be asleep. So enjoy. Thank you. I won't Clean be if me. you want to text me. I don't sleep when I'm pregnant at all. So I'm around if you ever need. Love Just it. Let me know. Sounds great. Hey, Rob, as always, you're always welcome on the show. We love having you, man. Always. So much fun. Oh, thank you. I love being on here. It's great. Can you, so before fun. you go, can you just drop the info like for yourself and for the gym if people want to get involved or come by and see you guys or become members because they listen to the yeah. show, you know? All right. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously you can find me on Instagram at World Strongest Day. Pretty easy to find. And then in terms of the gym. Well, actually, with World Strongest Gay stuff, you can also find HWPO training with HWPO Strong. Get on the the, the best strength-based CrossFit program you can find. With our gym, we are CrossFit Iron Legacy located in Western Massachusetts, just outside of Springfield. You can find us at CrossFitIronLegacy.com. You know, sign up for a free class, drop in, swing by, say hey, get some high fives, get a good sweat on, and just have a good time. All right. Perfect. All right. Well, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us once again, and we will chat with you guys soon.